everyone. Welcome back. So we have started the year talking about an invitation to wellness. Um, last week, we talked about this idea of God's care for you and how we think with God and what he might be inviting us to. It was really great. If you missed that, probably go back and listen to that because this is going to be part two. Um, hey, Jean, welcome in. Hi, good to be with you again. Yeah, so I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week and get a little bit more now practical in our lives, looking at, we talked about um, doing our of his good purposes and getting out of ruts and letting go of weights as we um, follow Jesus as an apprentice. I want to dive a little bit into some spiritual exercises that we can do that help us to um, create the space to know how God's caring for us and um, to even experience transformation in, a lot, in our lives, what we can't do for ourselves, what he does in us. Um, what's your definition of a spiritual exercise and why are these important for us? Ah, good questions. Very good questions. Well, um, I love that you use the word spiritual exercise. It's really the same thing that I'm sure you've heard of, of spiritual disciplines. But since we don't care for that, Mm. Human beings don't care for that word too much. Exercises is a little bit more accessible for us. I think to answer your question about what they can do for us, I want to go back to our conversation we had last year about long-term parenting. Remember, we were mm. talking about having um, a picture in our minds of what we hope for our children in their future, in the long term. Mm -hmm. And when I think about spiritual exercises, I think about not necessarily long-term parenting, but long-term living. Because those of mm -hmm. us who are followers of Jesus, we're going to live forever. And that's mm -hmm. a very long time. And what might be a desired future we have for ourselves? There's certain things that we would like to be true of us. When I was thinking with God about this for myself, when I was in my rut of I don't want to, I had to think, what is my future? Is it being a bored, lazy person? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and of course, of course not. So mm -hmm. what can I do to be that future person that I want to be of being helpful to myself and to others and to creation and kind and loving, actually the, the fruit of the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. I think everybody's future desired self could be found somewhere in that list in Galatians 5 of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So when we think of what we would like to become, and we can't do it ourselves, God's invitation to us is to enter into something that we can do that makes our future with him possible. And mm. that is what I would say spiritual exercises are. They are things that we can do that make mm -hmm. our future self possible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
so for an example, um, for me, I mentioned last week that my default setting is to be a worrier and my future self, I would like to worry less and trust mm -hmm. more. And so what can I do to kind of make room for God to build that in me? Mm -hmm. Thinking with him, I've felt an invitation to every time one of my pet worries comes up, you know, those things I typically start <laughs> fretting about. <laughs> and if, you can, if you can envision me, I'm, I'm making a petting motion. Like maybe I have my little pet worry in my lap. Yeah. Um, when that comes up, instead, what I've learned to do is go, this is so silly, but this is a spiritual exercise for me, is I go and watch my, my bird feeder, the birds that come to my yard. Because what I recognize about them is they come and they get a bite of food and then they fly away and go, they go live their life. But then they know when they need food, they're going to come back to that bird feeder, get another bite, what they need, and they're going to fly off again. And I thought, God, I need you to make me like those birds coming to you regularly every time I need not to worry I need to come to you and be reminded of your care. Does that make sense? It, absolutely. I love that picture. And I'm going to just ask you, though, Jean, this is a parenting podcast. And we're talking about ourselves. Like, remind us again, what's this have to do with parenting our kids? Oh, well, <laughs> since one of my pet worries of course is about my kids, <laughs> my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and my sure. grandchildren mm -hmm. every time I feel that welling up inside mm -hmm. me I go to my bird feeder and if it's not mm -hmm. all filling my bird feeder is a spiritual exercise and what I mean by that is it's a thing that I can physically do with my attention and my body that gives God permission and room to move in my life. And he mm. is working within me to remind me how he takes care of those birds. He can take care of me as well. He can take care of my children and my grandchildren. That. So sometimes when we say spiritual exercises or spiritual disciplines, we think we only mean memorizing Bible verses mm. or fasting or something hugely religious like that. Mm -hmm. And those, those are good things. They're not necessarily mm -hmm. as helpful um, for every single scenario we find ourselves in. Those don't yes. have to be the go-to exercise, spiritual exercises for every single thing in our lives. Right. So I think if we have that in mind, there might be a little bit more freedom especially during the winter when we don't get outside quite as much or we basically, if you're anything like my household, we don't move as much as we do during the sunshine warm days. So we've got time to maybe work on some of those things, the, the self-care things under God's care for us that are going to take root and grow in us and bring about that desired future. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love how you started, Jean, with noticing, knowing yourself when you were, you know, thinking, I don't know how you came up with that spiritual exercise, so we can talk about that. But like, 
you acknowledge like I'm a worrier. Like this mm-hmm. is my starting place. Yeah, yeah. sadly, right? yes. <laughs> but like, I just think like, oh, like you said, I think my mind goes religious. Do you know things right? we do? But it's like, oh, it's actually like, where do I need God? Okay. Well, let's let's just brainstorm a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not atypical moms. Right. So some typical mom things, when my kids were still living in my house, some issues I had that I was aware of, and you probably can think of some for yourself as well. But I think about those days where I was irritable or mm-hmm. a little bit crabby or I just felt like I was always picking at my kids and they couldn't do anything right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so if that's a starting point for someplace for someone they could think okay I need to figure out why I'm so we'll just use the word irritable that -hmm. would be their starting place Mm -hmm. and I would guess that a lot of that for parents of young children or as teenagers, as they just kind of start having their own life, we could get that way if we're overtired. If mm-hmm. we're not sleeping well, we're not going to be at our best. And so mm-hmm. a spiritual discipline or exercise for somebody like that very well could mm-hmm. be take a nap mm-hmm. or go to bed earlier to do mm-hmm. something to replenish your sleep. So that you won't be as grouchy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, right. So once you notice it, then do a little detective work even or praying and ask, thinking with With God. God. Yes. You know, I know one of my um, practices I remember uh, was I put myself in timeout. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) When you'd be in those moments that you're like, I'm not going to say or do anything good or right right now. Um, If your children are at an appropriate age that you can take that five minute time out. It really, for me, it was more about stepping away probably than the length of time. But just as you, you know, commented on the bird feeder, sometimes we need a physical way that we can kind of reset Mm-hmm. Um, so that it doesn't just snowball. Exactly. Um, so I think of the practice of like, what do I do when I, yes, notice the irritability or like I can sense I'm going to blow my top or say something I'm going to regret. So how do I create a pause and step away um, momentarily? Um, and and uh, at like, depending on your kids' ages, you know, that's what, that's what the words I could use that my daughter would understand. Mom needs a, a timeout. I'm going to go to my room for just a little bit. I'll be right back, you know. Which is wonderful. The, we could even fit that into one of the religious words for a spiritual discipline of solitude. Mm-hmm. You just need a few minutes of, of time to yourself, which is all solitude is. Wasn't it John Wesley's uh, mom tells the story about... Um, when she wanted some time alone, she would put her apron up over her yes. head. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. That yeah. is an absolutely wonderful spiritual and exercise it, to do. I love it because you know what, Gina, too, in those situations, it also gives our kids, it also makes like 
and and we I know kids that put hoods over their heads, which mm-hmm. might have been like an apron, but you know, or as a parent, when you have your child take time out, it's not really needing to always be quote punishment, but rather an exercise towards more life and God work in their lives too, as our ultimate hope. Mm-hmm. And especially as we were talking last week too, about having these um, spiritual conversations with our kids. If everybody maybe in the house is going to take a five minute solitude break and you yeah. can come back together after that and say, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. How did you experience that being alone? Or maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's not being alone and maybe it's all just being quiet together in the same room. We're just mm-hmm. going to play the quiet game for a little mm-hmm. while. And that's mm-hmm. exercising that um, spiritual discipline of silence, just mm-hmm. to listen to what God might be saying, or even just listening to what's going on inside ourselves to be able to be aware of who we are and what our starting point is. Yeah. Yeah. Another example comes to mind right now about people who might have the opposite problem that they might not get anything done at all because they're resting too much already, mm-hmm. <laughs> which could happen again during the winter sure. when we like to hibernate. Yeah. Um, so if that is a starting point for somebody, I would imagine that a good spiritual exercise could be to learn how to be a list maker, that you mm. list everything, think with God and, and daydream and make a list of every possible thing that, that you might want to get done. And it doesn't matter to me if the if the list is for a year's worth of things. Um, it could be daunting to look at that. But the part of, that could be the, the spiritual exercise would be pick two of those things, just mm-hmm. two of them. And you're going to mm-hmm. get those two things completed before you take your rest, before you get your reward. Um, I would say that would be a good one, too, to help kids understand there's always things that can be done maybe should be done, but there's only so much that we're able to accomplish in a set amount of time. And to help kids begin to learn that as a discipline as well could be very valuable. Yes. Yes. And my favorite down that line, which I use for myself, but it is effective with kids and families is just like setting the timer for 15 minutes you know, and it's like, I'll do whatever I can get accomplished and cleaned in 15 minutes right now. And oh, that's good. something that just makes it feel manageable <laughs> when it's only 15, if you're really, you know, stuck. Um, and you'd be amazed, like you can get a whole bathroom cleaned. In yeah. Minutes. And if you have a couple of kids doing, you know, you'd be surprised you know, what they could do in their rooms if we all just say 15 minutes and it just kind of pushes us over the hump. Yeah, that's a wonderful exercise to work together as a family. Another one, and I didn't learn this one until probably the last few years, and it's kind of a work um, scenario, but it would work at a home and in a family uh, with children just as easily, but it's this idea of eating, eating a frog. <laughs> mm. 
And that sounds gross, I know. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we mean by it, that the frog is the the one thing that has been on your list that you just don't want to do. It's either going to be the hardest thing or the ickiest thing. And you just don't want to do it. But you find the longer you put it off, the worse you feel. And mm-hmm. if you just decide, okay, today's going to be our frog eating day. We're all mm-hmm. going to pick that wow. worst bad thing. And we're all yeah. going to do that thing. And then we're going to mm-hmm. celebrate because how amazing would that feel for mm-hmm. all of us to do that thing that's been hanging over our heads? Yeah. Yeah. That is great. And it's fun. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, the thing's not fun, but when you call it a frog, it almost makes it like, okay, I can yeah. eat a frog, like, you know? And we're all going to do it. It's the frog eating day. Yes. yes. <laughs> and you get to put it together with another important um, spiritual exercise, and that's play. Yeah. Celebration and play. Sometimes parenting, we take it too seriously, or we take ourselves too seriously, and we've forgotten what it's like to play and to celebrate together as a family we kind of um exchange watching tv or a movie or going to a sporting event as play in our lives those things are good and fine but they don't substitute completely for the concept of how to celebrate and how to play together So um, in your thinking with God, some family might decide, yeah, it's been a long time since we've had kind of a productive family time of play. So you might want to plan for it. Um, Research some family games that you could play together or let the youngest person in the family plan the meal and cook something. You're going to end up with probably just peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, or maybe just popcorn. I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. make the day. There's a book I read that's phenomenal. Um, It's called The Life You Always Wanted by John Ortberg. And he talks about this idea of celebration. And he calls it having a, I think he calls it a doodah day. Hmm that the whole family knows it's just going to be a doodah day and they're going to celebrate and have some fun and just enjoy being together and being that family unit that God's created. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think I love this um, from being a farm girl where we did a lot of work. (laughs) So this one is always a good reminder and, and just helps me even remember the, the winter's, on the farm, you know, and just, again, being really present to the season we're in. Um, sometimes you you feel like you're just putting your head down until maybe April, and then I'll look up. But somehow being able to see that even this is a season that's a gift. What can we do that's special or fun to play? And mm-hmm. And that could be wide open. I remember you know, going outside, we play a game in the snow called Fox and Goose, and we track all over in the big fields and things. But here I am, 49 years old, remembering that play from my childhood, you know, and we embraced the season. And that's what it was for us. You know, dad would put a puzzle out on the table in the living room. 
so I think like what what makes play special this time of year for your family um, and define that rather than just, yeah, well, once spring comes, then we can do everything. Well, I appreciate all of that that you just said, especially that last topic. Kids, we adults also, but kids are always looking for the next great thing, but not long-term. They're looking short-term. Mm-hmm. And so we parents, we need to get into the practice of looking long-term and helping our kids do that. So it's mm-hmm. not this immediate gratification. You know, we're just going to wait until spring. No, there are things that we right. can do now. And that reminds me of um, probably one of the most important long-term future, what kind of person do I want to be mm-hmm. attributes is being grateful. And so Mm -hmm. a spiritual discipline that's good for us as parents and ours could look like um, when we're doing it individually, something that we're grateful for our our kids about every stage of their life. When they're little, Mm -hmm. when they're infants and they're waking us up, if we had the spiritual exercise of any time we interact with our kids, and this isn't an out loud thing, this is when you're thinking with God, but thanking him for something specific about your child. Even if they're waking up all night, you're thankful that your child is breathing well or, um, you know, healthy or yours, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. So when they're a teenager, when sometimes they go through that time, it's so hard to find something positive about them Mm -hmm. when you're that age. If you say hello and all they're going to do is grimace at you, Mm -hmm. but there's still that necessary exercise of being able to find something to be grateful for can be grateful Mm -hmm. that they're still in your home that they haven't run away that they are um have good sense of humor or they have good friends whatever it is Mm -hmm. constantly um Mm -hmm. cultivate that attitude of gratefulness and thankfulness Mm -hmm. but also to do it as a family like it might be on your doodah day if you decide Mm -hmm. to do that would be, we're each going to say something we're grateful for. It doesn't have to be about each other because there are certain ages where your kids are uncomfortable doing that. But just in general, even in the winter, we're grateful that the birds are singing. We're grateful that there's snow to play in. Whatever it could be, it's so important to cultivate that attitude of gratefulness. Mm-hmm. And what that does is gives God permission to work in us to be people who are content. Mm -hmm. We can't make ourselves be content. Only God can do that, but we can put ourselves in the position so he can. And that's by being thankful and grateful. Yeah. Well, and what naturally another exercise that, that flows right out of that gene is the way that we think of others or think about our world, you know, um, because that's the other balance in all of this. I know for myself, if I get too inward thinking of about myself all the time, that, that can become my own pen. But then when I begin to look outwardly, who, who might I be able to send a card to or call and check in on or, you know, um, reach out to or, or who do I see as I'm out driving and, and what am I noticing in the world around me? And 
uh, my place in it. I think as we have an exercise of looking outside of ourselves, that's also really powerful with kids because it reminds us that our lives have purpose and, and that we have a, a, a purpose to be made in the image and to be like God and God's a giver. So we get to be givers too. So who might we give something to? And, and I'm not even talking money at that point, but like I said, even our kids, well, who would you like to call and, and just check in and see if they're having a good day? Um, kids love to think about others and how they might be giving. Yeah, Becky, that's so good and so important that this idea of um, being filled up by God, by so many of these exercises we've talked about, but we don't get filled up just so we can be full. We get mm-hmm. filled up so we can flow out to others, this inflow, mm-hmm. outflow mm-hmm. cycle that Jesus exemplified in so many ways he would get off by himself to pray and to get filled up by his father not just so then he was full it was always so he could be giving that away to people and so you've just hit on probably one of the most important spiritual exercises i think and that's um after we've gotten filled up to for ourselves and then to invite our children to Um, serve and bless and give to others. And there's so many opportunities. Volunteer with your kids, Mm -hmm. you know, they could be at a, at a pet shelter or a um, donating food to a food pantry or gathering Mm -hmm. your old toys and taking them Mm -hmm. to a domestic violence place. It could Mm be shopping um, together for maybe to gift a refugee family with some things. I mean, the sky's the limit and Mm -hmm. internet is filled with ideas of ways you can do it. We just want to say how incredibly important it is to model that and then to do it with them. Because Mm -hmm. I guarantee all of us want our kids' future to be people who are thoughtful about others, who are generous with time Mm -hmm. and energy and money and the only way they're going to be able to do that is to be shown how by parents mm-hmm. and then given the opportunity to do those things. That is, that's worth the money for listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I want to share, I read a, a childhood book again this winter as one of my exercises. I read The Secret Garden. Oh, yeah. And in there... Um, There's a little quote at the end that says something as, if you water a rose, you won't grow thistles. Mm. And that is what comes to mind as we're talking right here too. And, And I think our invitation in parenting, the more we're watering, the purpose and the plans and the care of God in our lives, in our kids, we're watering the rose that God's created us to be. Um, Yes, there's going to be thistles that pop up, but there's, I think it helps keeping it from being overgrown um, in the garden of your family. If we are setting in motion what we want, 
um, it's easier to manage the thistles that are trying to crop up. And I think that's the power of these spiritual exercises is watering the roses. Oh, that's a wonderful picture. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. So yeah, I just want to encourage all of our parents to think about what you want those roses to be mm -hmm. and water those by giving opportunities and thinking with God about those and prayerfully um, considering what it would take to help our kids become those people. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be talking to you all again soon. Thank you, Jean. This was great. Thank you, Becky. It was wonderful. So much fun to do this with you. Yep. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.